0: Welcome to the Progressive Ethos Podcast. Thank you for investing your time to grow the best version of you. Progressive Ethos, empowering people to achieve their very best. Hello, so today's topic I want to talk to you about is your weight, and specifically that uh, your weight doesn't necessarily uh, equate to health. And, you know, And what I mean by that, as a society, we've kind of become obsessed with weight, um, it's kind of this concept of kind of what, what is our ideal body weight, what's our ideal body shape, and, and that kind of explains why you can go basically into almost any bathroom, you're going to find a scale, and that includes in hotels and things like that. Uh, the weight loss industry, they make billions every year from capitalizing on this concept. And, and your weight is usually the first thing that's checked when you go to your daughter's office. And, and this concept really stems from the presumption that being overweight, is equal to higher risk of chronic diseases, and that can really give us this impression that weight is a measurement of health, and that's that's not true. There's there's growing evidence that shows that uh, there's more to our health than our physical appearance or just our simple weight. Uh, but unfortunately, this assumption is made by many people that that really your weight equates to to health, and so that's really the point of today that I want to talk about um, the the really, we shouldn't be focusing on our specific, just our weight, there's a lot of other factors here. And and in fact, if you focus specifically on just weight, uh, this is really wrong in in kind of assessing your health, but it actually can be dangerous. So the first thing is, is that your weight doesn't always give an accurate picture of your health. Um, Often we refer to uh, kind of our weight in relationship to health is is our BMI or uh, body mass index. And that's really a common way that is used to determine if you're maintaining a healthy weight. So uh, depending on your BMI, you fall into two uh, different categories as either underweight, normal weight, overweight, and then obese is the final category. So how the BMI is, is is traditionally if you think your BMI the higher it gets the more fat you have and therefore the more unhealthy you are. Well, this isn't necessarily true because uh, you may actually have a higher uh, amount of muscle and muscle is actually really good and something you'd strive to, to uh, increase. But simply standing on a scale uh, won't determine if your weight's based uh, largely on fat or largely on muscle. And this is kind of why the BMI doesn't say that much about your health status and it can give you a false sense of how healthy you are, um, when, when actually you might be quite unhealthy. Um, so for example, um, uh, professional athletes, they tend to have a high BMI uh, because their body is carrying a lot of muscle mass and actually a little fat. And so they're actually healthy individuals, but they, if you look at just the BMI, they're gonna have a relatively high BMI. You can also have a, a healthy BMI or a BMI that falls into that normal range and have what's called excess visceral fat. And that's going to give you a false picture of, of your health, meaning that you think you're healthy. Uh, when we know that this visceral fat it, it really causes it puts you at risk for uh, many, many, many diseases. So the first thing to understand is that BMI is really a screening tool. And, and beyond BMI is kind of. What is the weight composed of? So when you think of uh, uh, BMI in, in obese people, um, is there really other factors at play here, such as high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol? Uh, many There's many overweight people uh, that uh, fall in overweight or obese that are actually uh, in a lot better physical shape than other groups of people that are in lower risk categories because defined by their normal weight So there was one study that actually found that uh, about one third of overweight people are metabolically healthy based on their risk factors like blood pressure, blood sugar, and cholesterol. And the study also found that one third of the people with normal BMIs had worse risk factors. So that kind of shows you that uh, just uh, focusing on your BMI really is, is not a good way to do a good health assessment. Now, again, uh, it's, it's used as a screening tool, uh, but there's other things to, to consider. So how does weight uh, contribute to uh, your risk of disease? Well, the challenge here we have is that uh, often we say that, that people have a higher weight. Uh, there's a higher association of high risk types of disease. Um, however, it's not causational, it's association. And the problem with that is, is that we don't necessarily know if it's the weight that's causing it, if there are some other factors that we don't know um, that may be contributing to excess weight and other uh, chronic uh, illnesses and diseases. So, for example, uh, there are studies that show there's an association between baldness and high risk of heart disease. Uh, but we've learned that being bald does not cause heart disease. Uh, instead, uh, what it, the, the common denominator there is uh, testosterone levels. And the researchers found that uh, uh, people that have uh, baldness often have high testosterone levels, which also contributes to uh, an elevated risk of heart disease. So two things that are associated with it, but aren't necessarily causational for each one of them. So the important thing to understand is when we're talking about weight, is is it just an association to these other illnesses or is it a causation? And we're learning, learning more and more about this uh, every day now, one of the challenges, one of the things we know uh, about weight, though, is something called weight cycling, and we know this is a recipe for a, a bad health or health decline. And what this is is that kind of that vicious circle of losing weight and regaining weight, and this is very common among people with large bodies, uh, because you know they're they're typically under a lot of social pressures to really go on a weight loss plan. Uh, however, uh, as you probably well know, a lot of uh, weight loss plans are based on caloric restriction. And and those are gonna be really uh, difficult to be sustainable. And so the people may lose a significant amount of weight only to gain that weight back. And so that's the what we call weight cycling. And we know that weight cycling has been linked uh, to coronary disease. So there's a higher risk of disease in overweight people. It could be, be due to this weight cycling, not necessarily the actual uh, obesity itself or uh, being overweight, it's the, the fluctuations that's often seen in people that struggle struggle with their weight. So uh, we know that these fluctuations they impair your physical health and your metabolism, um, and in fact we also know that it causes mental health issues. Um, and what the big thing is is these diets again are based on restriction and these these can actually cause uh, or help uh, promote the development of eating disorders. So uh, when we're talking about weight, again, it's not just that number on the scale that you need to, to uh, focus on. It's what, what are you doing uh, with your weight? What is your weight fluctuation like? Um, are you one of these people that are having these weight cycles where you'll have significant weight loss? followed by uh, regain of that weight. Another thing is uh, weight and the risk of death. Death, We actually call this the obesity paradox. And research has shown that people that are classified as overweight have a lower risk of dying. And a study that examined the correlation between mortality rates and BMI found that overweight people, and that's defined as a BMI between 25 and 30, they actually had the lowest mortality rate. It also found that people with stage one obesity, so that's a BMI uh, between 30 and 35, actually had a similar mortality rate to those with a normal BMI. And so in fact, the risk of death did not really increase until stage two of obesity, and that's a BMI uh, greater than 35. And then there's another study that basically uh, reviewed 11,000 people and it showed basically the same results. So really, despite the available evidence, overweight people are still advised to lose weight, even though weight loss diets can increase your risk of eating disorders and weight cycling. So the important thing is, is to not focus on weight loss, but to focus on health and wellness. Are we doing things that promote health and wellness? Not trying to uh, starve ourselves or restrict a lot, uh, lot of things in an efforts to uh, decrease our weight. Well, what does weight do um, to our behavior? Well, the problem is is overweight, people tend to delay visiting healthcare facilities because frankly, they don't want to be shamed because of their weight. Um, So they don't seek healthcare as readily as someone that's normal weight. Um, But certain health issues like cancer and autoimmune disease that we know do better if we find them and treat them early on to get the best outcomes. And this is a, a, one of the things that, as people are overweight, they they really just don't want to hear it uh, from their doctor, so they don't seek medical care or they do not uh, uh, go in for preventative medical care, and so there's often a the delay in identifying uh, things that we could have uh, impacted uh, greater if we found them earlier. And part of this really stems from this emphasis on body weight, and so. If I'm hounding you all the time, or your doctor's hounding you all the time to lose weight, it's more important to live life in a way that that a healthy weight is a byproduct, not focusing on your weight, but actually what am I doing that's gonna promote that? So there's a study that showed women, uh, they delayed going in for cancer screening uh, because of their weight, because um, uh, they feel they're gonna be also getting shamed. So another incident where, uh, the weight itself uh, may be indirectly contributing to the, the illness, secondary because of delay in, in seeking care or identifying it early on. So that may be another factor in how obesity is is affecting us in our health uh, and our wellness. And then this is applicable this that kind of in all kind of venues of healthcare. So uh, in mental health. Uh, People, uh, again, delay seeking help because they don't want to talk about their weight and they don't want to uh, hear from their health care provider. Another impact is the social impact. So there's a kind of a weight and social health inequality Um, and, you know, unfortunately, obesity is found more common in lower social economic classes and being in a lower social class it's also associated with a higher risk of disease. And that is again, because of access to healthcare. So there's a higher prevalence of disease seen in in overweight people, but this really could be due to also the impact of their social kind of economic class, that it's not their weight; they just are in that class that they aren't seeking uh, kind of preventative health maintenance uh, because they just can't afford it. So the the big thing is is that your weight does not always equal better health, and I really want to emphasize that because there's such a focus on what do you weigh, not necessarily what are you doing to promote your own health and wellness, but focus on a number on a scale. So, you know, if if low weight meant good health, then you should automatically become healthier when you lose some pounds. But this isn't this is not necessarily the, the case. There was a survey that found that even people on diets that lost weight, their blood pressure, their blood sugar, and other health markers uh, were not significantly better when they reevaluated them after two years. So our weight is impacting our health, but there's still a lot to learn on, on how it impacts our health. So more importantly is, is, what are some reliable ways to measure your health status? Not just a scale that's giving you a number, uh, because I can tell you right now that that starts you down a path of, of things that actually can promote illness and not wellness. Um, so we got to take an approach that's actually given us reliable, uh, good information uh, and that we can then use. And so there's, there's there are different things we can do other than just focusing entirely on our body weight. You know, so like resting heart rate's important, your blood pressure, blood sugar, cholesterol levels, um, uh, there's digestive health and mental health. All these things are important factors in. Your health and well-being and kind of it's kind of each one of these are kind of like a, uh, a, a piece to a puzzle and it's important that we apply all of these in in doing that our assessment on our health um, then again there's also uh, other factors that we really can't modify such as you know genetics your ethnicity family history um, but the important thing is that i really tried to emphasize today is if your assessment of your health is simply standing on a scale and getting a number, um, that's that can be dangerous, first of all, um, but it's also not the best way to assess your health. So what, what can we do uh, to assess our health? Well, first of all, you need to understand that you really can do things to promote your health at any weight. So no matter your body weight, uh, the most important thing is to have a healthy lifestyle. Uh, and this can help boost your overall health and reduce your risk to many diseases uh, simply by maintaining a healthy lifestyle. But well, what is a, re- a healthy lifestyle? Well, regular health, health checks is important. So, um, the, seeing your 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 doctor on a normal, regular uh, kind of maintenance um, is very important. So, you're getting your uh, undergoing your regular medical checkups. Kind of on a on a, a very rational um, uh, calendar, if you will. And as we grow older often we uh, ask that these medical checkups uh, happen more often. and they're they're going to check your blood pressure. They, they'll probably depend on your age, uh, order some blood work to check your cholesterol levels and your blood sugar. And if you're a female, you know pap smears, mammograms, uh, if you're a male, prostate evaluation. Uh, And then things like simply just looking at your skin for any uh, red flags uh, for any type of uh, uh, skin cancer. But also there's a lot of illnesses uh, and diseases that manifest themselves through the skin. So that's one thing you can do is regular health uh, checks. Um, Next thing you can do is really a healthy, balanced diet. So no matter what your body size is, you will have increased... uh, uh, your risk of developing many health issues if you don't regularly cons- if you're regularly eating bad foods or unhealthy foods so therefore you really need to eat healthy uh, foods and a balanced diet diet uh, regardless of your weight so well, what what should that diet consist of well you want healthy carbohydrates like whole grains you want healthy proteins uh, proteins found in beans uh, fish meat uh, and i'm talking about uh, quality products here, not anything processed. Uh, lots of fiber rich uh, fruits and vegetables. Uh, you want things that contain healthy fats like avocado, uh, fatty fish, nuts. And then you really want to avoid um, uh, sugars as much as possible, specifically uh, processed foods and processed sugars. So that's something you can do at any weight. And if you do these things, your weight's going to be uh in transition to what would be a healthy weight so weight will be a byproduct of a healthy lifestyle another thing you can do is regular exercise we know that exercise uh, can really help fight off many chronic diseases it improves your immune system improves your mood sleep quality Um, we're learning more and more about exercise and the benefits of exercise so you really should try to get About 150 minutes of moderate uh, exercise every week. Um, Strength training is another excellent form of exercise. This is going to help improve your bone and muscle strength, uh, prevent, uh, you know, uh, decrease your risk of bone fractures as we get older. And strength training also actually can help still improve your heart health and cognitive function. Another uh, healthy lifestyle is basically uh, smoking cessation. Smoking, we know, causes all kinds of uh, damage to your health, um, and so really, uh, smoking is bad. But also, being around people that, that smoke is not healthy for you. I, I hear this all the time that that uh, especially around children that I don't I don't smoke around my child, but I am a smoker, and there's lots of evidence to show that uh, you still have chemicals on you that that cause a lot of these illnesses, and your your children are still exposed to them. So um, smoking you know, obviously is not good for your health, but uh, secondhand smoke is also not good for your health. Another thing you can do to to live a healthy lifestyle is really, you know, uh, avoid excessive alcohol consumption. Uh, this can lead to numerous health issues, you know, high blood pressure, heart disease, liver disease, some types of cancers, uh, weakens your immune system. Um, so you can really reduce uh, your risk of of illnesses by really drinking in moderation, if not if, if you don't drink at all. So uh, watch your alcohol consumption. Another thing you can work on to maintain and improve a healthy lifestyle is to work on your stress levels. If you can do things to reduce your stress, and now we live in a stressful world, you're not going to be able to avoid stress. So it becomes a matter of how do you manage your stress, because uh, there's lots of research that shows that stress. Uh really can put your overall health in jeopardy. Um, prolonged stress increases your risk of chronic diseases like diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease. So you really should work on ways to prevent and deal with stress. And so uh, the nice thing is that's actually one of the benefits of exercise is it helps reduce stress. Um, so when I say exercise, again, I've said this before, what we're talking about is increased activity level. I'm not saying go do 30 minutes on the treadmill. If you hate doing 30 minutes on the treadmill, that's not sustainable. But if you like dancing, then join a dance class and do 30 minutes of dance, dancing. Something that really increase, increases your heart rate, um, but is something you enjoy. Another thing you can work on to promote your own health is proper hydration. You've got to drink enough water. Uh, and, and most people are not drinking enough water. so. If you're if you're maximizing your hydration, you're going to have better nutrient absorption. Your organs are going to function better. It actually improves the sleep quality um, and can actually improve kind of the cognition and mood of your mind. So hydration is, is extremely important. Now, remember when I talk about hydration, I'm talking about water. Uh, we don't want a bunch of calories. We don't want a bunch of additives. We don't want refined sugars. So you really should just drink water. Now, it's often recommended eight glasses of water every day. Uh, In my opinion, this is often still uh, on the low end. And one good way to really kind of assess your hydration is the color of your urine. Your urine really should be kind of a light yellow. Um, If it's dark yellow or or dark in color, you're really not uh, drinking enough water. So, you know, when we're talking about weight, you know, weight does not give us a good overall picture, that really, you know, our health is, is complex and there's many things that, that affect it and there's things we need to do to evaluate uh, where we're at and simply uh, weighing yourself is not the, the best way. Now, weighing yourself is a good starting point uh, because typically as we get older, we experience weight change and that weight change is in, in uh, kind of the deposit of fat. So typically as we get older, we don't inherently put on more muscle. Uh, as we age, we inherently lose muscle and put on more fat. So the presumption is that your, your scale or your BMI is a good uh, tool to assess your weight and then trend. So if your BMI is changing, um, it's because your weight is changing because your uh, fat is changing. So if your BMI is going down, the presumption is that you're losing fat, not muscle, but that still is a presumption. Um, So, you know, you take it with kind of a grain of salt, but it is a good kind of thing you can do to kind of trend and follow um, over time. Now, another thing is, is, you know, Uh, If you, unfortunately, already have some illnesses, uh, your weight even can become more important to manage. You know, if you have heart disease or kidney disease, uh, you may have actual weight gain because of fluid retention. Um, And that's indicating the heart or kidneys are not working as well. So sometimes your weight gain is not just uh, putting on more fat. So, monitoring your weight uh, is important more than just, what are you doing to the fat content of your body? But is there something else going on that you're suddenly now putting on weight because your kidneys are not working well and you're putting on on uh, kind of water weight? So treating your weight as something that you can easily adjust is really oversimplifies the real impact of your weight, and your health. Um, there's many things that that impact your health. Just standing on a scale is not going to tell you. It can uh, and for some uh, may frustrate you quite a bit but for others it may give them a false sense of security about their health because they fall into what they define as a, a normal bmi and that really leaves them thinking that all is well and they can just stay this way and they don't need to do anything these other things that I talked about because their weight is where it needs to be so when you're when you're talking about health and wellness there's more to this the scale to do an assessment and then to follow. So I encourage you, if you're on your health and wellness journey, to uh, talk to a clinician on what's the best way to kind of measure these things and then how to follow these things. Because at the end of the day, you know, it's it can be frustrating for us, but as we gain more knowledge about ourselves, it also empowers us um, that we can take action that that is going to produce the results we want. So important thing here today is don't just focus on your bathroom scale. Remember that, that health and wellness is a journey. Uh, we're all on it. We're it in different uh, stages, but at the end of the day, you know, uh, most people want to uh, increase or at least maintain their health and wellness. So don't let this scale intimidate you. Don't let that scale lead you down the wrong path. And just remember, you know, you are responsible for your health and wellness, but there are things out there that are kind of working against you, and so it's important that you uh, find the education and the knowledge to combat those things. And one of the things you can do is is reach out to uh, trainers or nutritionists or dietitians or, or healthcare providers, uh, whatever whatever you think will work for you. And as always, you know we're here to help you uh, in any way we can. But the big thing to remember is it's your health and wellness. And remember, you've got this. Thanks. You've been listening to the Progressive Ethos podcast. Together, we'll grow the very best version of you. Progressive Ethos, empowering people to achieve their very best.